0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mary Alice Anacarico and Meredith Harper of Henry Ford Health System. In this segment, we speak with the CIO and CSIO about how they restructured the department to create a more balanced approach to privacy and security, what it takes to build a culture of confidentiality, and why their security strategy extends into the consumer community. All right. So to get a little bit of a background about Henry Ford, pretty, pretty large-sized organization, what do
1: you have in the way of hospitals, uh, group practices, things like that? As I typically state to people, we are a very large organization with a lot of moving pieces. We have six um, acute care facilities. We have two behavioral health facilities, as well as specialty care and service lines that are, that are pretty robust. We have a health plan a medical group of about 1,900 members. We have about a 900-member medical network, which is the Henry Ford Physicians Network. We have a retail division, which does things like optical care, DME, pharmacy, things of that nature. And we have a robust research engine and administrative um, arm there as well, and about 29,000 employees that are walking and, and moving and actually providing superb care throughout the system. So again, a pretty large system with a lot of moving pieces.
0: Right. Right, which which makes it uh, all the more critical to have uh, a strong security privacy strategy so that that's where uh, you come into play. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Now, um I want to talk about the relationship that the CIO and CISO have in terms of that that strategy. But first, I think the best thing to do would be to talk about some of the primary components of Mm -hmm. the security strategy and and really what
1: the main focuses are for you. Mm -hmm. Well, what we tried to do um, several years ago is take a critical look at what we had built across our enterprise, whether it was focused on the privacy side or the security side, and we really wanted to determine whether we had the best structure in place to really support um, the growth strategy for Henry Ford, as well as some of the threat environments that were changing pretty rapidly at the time. So we um, took a pretty radical approach with Mary Alice's support to combine several areas together that really make up the foundation of what we call the Information Privacy and Security Office. So we have five verticals that actually roll up underneath that structure, one being network security, the other being information security, which again, one focuses on the perimeter, the other focuses actually on the governance, the incident response, and the assessments for security. Um, We have the privacy team that actually is a part of that structure, the IT audit and risk management group, which is a a basic requirement, um, a large requirement from a HIPAA security standpoint, and the last group that joined us was the um, identity and access management group. So that gives us about 53 people across all of our entities that we support. They provide that necessary skill set for the enterprise. So it's a different structure than you may see in other healthcare organizations, but when we were doing our research at the time, we did find others um, in other industries. For example, Intel had a very centralized support model, very similar to what we've created, and so we were able to learn from some of those others of how we can move this structure into the healthcare environment. So that's kind of how we're, we're structuring and what we focus on. In addition to that, we try to take a balanced approach to people, process, and technology. So people always get the perspective that as a security professional, you are a technologist and you're really tech-heavy, but we have really tried to balance our approach across all three of those areas because good security hygiene, to me, is just not a technical fix. It is strong processes put in place to support the business as well as a people focus on training and education because a lot of what we do If the technology fails us, which at times it may do that, if the technology fails us, we now put the the onus in the the hands of a person that has to make a a judgment call and a decision. So how are we helping and equipping them to be able to make that best decision when that time comes? So we do take a very different approach even when it comes to our strategy because we do have a great focus and balance across all three of those
2: areas. I came to the organization with, Uh, a vision of a culture of confidentiality being one of my primary responsibilities. And as Meredith is describing, we had the perfect storm to be able to create, with excitement and approval of senior leadership, a program that would encompass the privacy and security within one organic component of, of the organization, the IT division, in a way that would enable us to teach and lead govern and guide our constituencies to know what to do and how to be able to manage responsibilities. It also was an opportunity for us to identify that it was a shared responsibility rather than that privacy and security was there to administer a service. It really was in the development of a governance group at Privacy and Security Council that enabled each one of our business uh, stakeholders to participate in policy development as well as in the guidance, the, the, the rules of the road, and the framework for how we would educate one another and stay on top of issues together. But I, I think that my perspective, uh, again, as a clinician is, one, to assume that we as employees are also consumers of healthcare and of the power and use of Information that gets shared and distributed on networks. So it was taking a look at our role and responsibility from the consumer, the patient, as well as taking a look at it from the healthcare environment and the regulation that was telling us what we must do and what we should do to be able to support the assets and provide efficiencies for our end user population. So, as stewards of that activity, IT plays a very significant role to create appropriate access protocols and to teach the organization why this matters and what our role-based responsibilities are to one another. As Meredith described, we really did evolve the development of the privacy and security program with one another as well as with the endorsement of the organization's leadership. And it was creating now within the IT division separation of duties, as well as collaboration across all of the domains that support this organization and creating that connectedness and the trust between our groups so that we performed fluidly the role-based responsibilities to manage these security aspects, the technical aspects, as well as the domain of privacy, the real operational and process aspects. And that has been one of the heralding successes for us as an organization that we've been able to put together a structure and work together as a solid team without feeling like we had created internal barriers to being efficient and effective.
0: Right. When you talk about that culture of privacy security and really making sure that that permeates throughout the organization, I imagine that that's something that really does have to start on the leadership level. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree
2: with that. Leadership too, but I think it also needs to become so practicable that it is uh, at the grassroots something that is of value. Just prior to my arrival here, the organization was trying to take a look at cyber risk and cybersecurity in a, the framework of guiding and leading people into a protected environment for being able to use and protect the data. And. Mm-hmm. Meredith, you may want to describe the program, the campaign that was rolled out at the time that I got here. Yeah.
1: So we have taken several approaches. I think to your original point, I think um, the tone at the top was, was very synergistic in terms of Mary Alice's beliefs as well as mine as it relates To the culture of confidentiality that we're creating. So I think, again, the support there really helped drive some of the messaging. But what we also found um, in my years of being uh, in my previous life in a compliance role, privacy role, we learn some lessons about branding and how do we brand um, some of the programs that we're creating within our privacy and security space where it becomes really a part of our language. It becomes a part of our site pattern When we see certain things, certain logos. We really pay attention. We perk up, and we really listen to what's being told because those messages are really supporting the foundation of our program. So we started a couple of different programs, with one being probably our most successful program is the I Comply program. And this encompasses several different things, and every year, um, or even a couple times a year, we may focus on different parts of what we consider to be um, an era of opportunity for us. So when we started the program, um, we found that we had some exposure as it related to flash drives and um, storage devices, portable storage devices that were not encrypted. So we did something very unique and created really a lot of fun and excitement around how do we get these flash drives out of people's hands. Mm -hmm. We set up IT tables across the system. We actually had 20 different tables across the system, and um, we staffed them. We had contests, and we really compelled individuals walking around our organization with flash drives to come to those tables, turn those flash drives in, We would transfer the data, no questions asked, to an encrypted device, and we would now take those unencrypted flash drives out of their hands. And and the success of that was just looking at the results within the first four weeks of us doing that. Under this iComply banner, we were able to get 5,000 flash drives out of our environment so, so again we we've always tried to take a very unique approach to things that people probably don't always want to listen to <laughs> um, if, if they might perceive them as barriers. but so how do we create the fun around it? How do we create the excitement around it and And we've done several rounds of that, and we are now on I Comply phase nine in phase nine last year, we focused really. Um, underneath this branding on threat intelligence and sharing and how do we strengthen the connections that we have with outside and external organizations as well as internal organizations because we have several domains that we're managing um, throughout the program how do we increase the level of threat sharing and, and how do we use that as a, uh, an advantage for us to be able to adjust our posture when needed? So we've seen some very successful iterations of this iComply program, and I think we're pretty proud of, of what that has become over the years.
0: Right. And, and by branding like that, I, I would imagine that it kind of helps with, with, the, with the recognition throughout the organization and it just becomes part of more like everyday life instead of uh, how, how sometimes security and privacy tends to be kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It actually is a screen saver on our, mm-hmm. our desktop so that those that are in public areas, as the screen savers come flashing across the screen to protect access to other uh, more protected information, iComply is a frequent piece of that rotation so that folks know that there is a, an air of responsibility that they have But they also know that there's a whole program behind it and support mechanisms for people to anonymously call in issues or concerns, as well as uh, just call and get advice. It's not just our workforce. We have members of our community, our uh, consumer population, who also call in with questions and concerns. And we've been part of a patient advisory council where we actually listen to the voice of our consumer, uh, both from the perspective of them being engaged in our care cycles, as well as just John Q. Public, what are the things that concern them about privacy and security that we would love to help them model in their own personal space in their homes and on the devices that they use. So it extends far beyond just the element of our workforce. It's how we reach out into the community and make this feel like an organic service that uh, we provide. Mm-hmm.
0: How were you able to do that, to, to get that message out to uh,
1: the public about iComply? Well, we do it a couple of ways. Um, it's, it's very interesting. We actually have our community partners or folks in the community contact our office asking questions, not specific to iComply, but they heard that Henry Ford Health Systems' privacy and security office will talk to them about everyday, everyday concerns that they may have even within their own environment. So we get phone calls about, you know, whether we should use certain email programs, is it really secure? So we've created this really great pipeline um, with our customer um, base where they feel comfortable discussing things with us, sometimes that are not even Henry Ford related, but we feel that it's our job to educate them on all things privacy and security, whether it's Henry Ford or not. And I think they appreciate that. I think the other part is we participate in so many different um, either steering committees that are external to Henry Ford. Um, I am the chair of the Michigan Healthcare Cybersecurity Council, which encapsulates about 26 CISOs across the state of Michigan within healthcare. So we're sharing information at that level as well and and providing them with some um, outlets to be able to call us and, and really have those conversations when they have them. Personally, I spend a lot of time with community organizations um, focusing on STEM um, where we're talking not only about privacy and security in general, but they also want to hear what are you doing over at Henry Ford. That's always a, a component of it. So we're sharing that message even if the focus isn't specific to Henry Ford. And I think that that really strengthens our brand. I think that it helps our patients feel very comfortable with the fact that there are some folks really paying attention to this and are taking it seriously. And one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves in with our team is that we get up every day and do what we do, stay up late at night and do what we do because of one thing and one thing only and that's our patients. We are pretty passionate about our patients. Sometimes people understand our passion, sometimes they don't, but the point is we're we're there for our patients and be able to protect them and educate them the best way that we can. So anything we can do to, to, to help move that along, we're we're okay with it.